Let's take our Bibles and turn to a very familiar portion of Scripture, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, and we'll be looking at that in just a few moments. I'm preaching a message from uh, a series that I preached some years ago up in, in New Jersey. Um, it wasn't a, a, a book study, and it wasn't a, uh, which we, like we're pastors going through Acts, and it's, those kind of situations are very helpful. And um, I found when I was pastoring that, you know, it helps you with, you know, uh, your studies. In other words, you don't have to wonder what you're going to preach on the next, next Sunday. It's the, the next chapter. And you know what else it does? I found this that I dealt with topics that I might not ordinarily do. If I were just to say, well, what does the church need or, or something? In other words, you know what you deal with? You deal with the next portion of scripture. And so scripture addresses all, all various issues. So book studies are great. This isn't a book study or, or from a book study. Biographical studies are, 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 are wonderful. And I, have done various and sundry ones of those. This is an unusual series, maybe you might think. It was one that I'd preached on prayer, on, on prayer meeting, Lessons from Trees in the Bible. Have you ever thought about that? You ever paid much attention to the trees in the Bible? I did a, a series and a number of messages on Lessons from Trees in the Bible. Over in the Bible, there are, over, there are more than 200 references in the Bible to trees. And among these references, there are at least 17 different varieties of trees. And what I'm saying is not just lessons from the trees themselves, but whatever happened in association with those trees. And no doubt um, we're familiar with some of these situations. Let me, just, let me quiz you a minute. Joshua in the Old Testament sat down in despondency. Do you remember what kind of a tree he sat under? What? Juniper. He sat under a juniper tree. The high places where the Jewish people engaged in false worship often involved, the Bible says, groves of green trees. Have, oh, this, is a, this will be an, I'm going to quiz you. This will, this will be an easy one. Zacchaeus climbed what? Sycamore. That's one we know, yeah. There's a, a song the kids have, I think, isn't it? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and he climbed a sycamore tree. Yeah, Zacchaeus climbed a sycamore tree to see Jesus pass by. And there are, oh, there are many examples of, I mean, a plethora of examples. But here's something else. Trees are sometimes in the Bible used in a symbolic way. The phrase flourishing tree sp speaks of spiritual vitality. A fallen tree spoke, speaks of the overthrow of godless governments. And remember this, Jesus, remember this, he cursed the fig tree as a sign of God's, God's judgment. In other words, that tree did not have any fruit, but it indicated it had leaves. And um, it had leaves, which is, would be indicative, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the fruit preceded the leaves, if I'm not wrong. And that was the problem. And it was the idea of the is Israel had, you know, they, they professed to be God's children, but they had no fruit. And he cursed the fig tree. Well, let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And here we're going to see the first tree in the Bible, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's first mentioned in Genesis chapter 2, 
verses 15 through 17. And it said, The Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And notice there, um, there was, uh, without sin, there was not the difficulty, the ardor, the, the, the um, tiring of work, but there was going to be work. And, um, and, and we see that in verse 15. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. You notice here about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is the one thing that Adam and Eve were not to eat of. You think about that. As I, as I search scripture, I can't think of any but one prohibition that Adam and Eve had. Just one thing. Everything else was open. A beautiful, perfect place. Just one thing they, that they couldn't do. And yet this proved most appealing to Eve. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. We're going to look back there in a moment, but I want to go there again. It said, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband, and he did eat. So notice this, this tree and this fruit proved most appealing to eat. When we look at this situation and this tree, I want us to notice just briefly this evening three facts with regard to this tree. First of all, I'd, I'd mention this. Notice, first of all, the reality of the tree. I believe, and I don't that's just believe, I mean, there's no doubt that this was a real tree. Gen the book of Genesis involves real people and object, real objects. Adam and Eve were real people. They were not mythological or allegorical description of the beginning of man and the entrance of evil into the world. Some people, a lot of people believe that. They're, you know, there's no such thing as Adam and Eve. I mean, they're, they stand, they represent the first man, the first men, the first woman. I don't believe that at all. And um, I'm trusted, but I'm not the authority, but God's word is. The Gospel of Luke, in the genealogy of Jesus, Luke mentions Adam. He doesn't mention some generic situation. He mentions Adam as if he were a real person. The Apostle Paul, in, in one portion, contrasts the first Adam, who we're reading about in Genesis, whose disobedience brought sin and death into the world, with the last Adam, the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. We read that. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, the Apostle, um, Apostle Paul says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So the Bible does not at all teach, and, and, and Paul was certainly was a godly man, but uh, just as from a, let's say, a, a secular situation, he was an intelligent person, someone who had been thoroughly trained in school, and he had no doubt believing Adam, believing that Adam was the real one. So it's not something mythological, something representative. It's the real, real situation. Adam and Eve were real people. 
They lived in a real garden, and the tree of knowledge was a real tree. But let's notice something first. Secondly, notice the purpose of the tree. You know, we've had lessons here. Our young people, um, when we first came, were have, having lessons. Um, Dale and Mary are teaching uh, young uh, people or young adults. Uh, Answers in Genesis, great organization. Uh, Ken Ham's organization, Answers in Genesis. And Answers in Genesis, speaking of this portion in Genesis chapter 2, as far as the purpose of the, the tree of knowledge, good and evil, said this. This tree provides man a choice to love and serve God willingly or to rebel against him and reject the one prohibition he had given them. Think of that. He said, this tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, provides man a choice to love and serve God willingly or to rebel against him and reject the one prohibition he had given them. That's, that amazes me. When you think about all that God had given them and the one thing that they couldn't do was they had to do. It, it, it just it, it boggles your mind, doesn't it? You know what? Throughout the Bible, so in other words, the tree presents the matter of choice. You can either choose to obey God or choose not to obey God. You find that throughout the Bible. And in the book of Exodus, uh, in chapter 32, verse 26, after the worship of the golden calf, Moses said, who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. In uh, Joshua 24, 15, Joshua, in his farewell address, said, Choose you this day whom you will serve. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21, Elijah on Mount Carmel said, If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. So in other words, there was an invitation and there was a choice that, that, that man and woman to make. Pastor's preaching in Acts, and I, my, that's, a, that's probably my favorite book. And I, I wonder why is that among, uh, certainly it's among, if not my favorite. And it's, I think it's a book of action and activity, and it's got history and things like that. Acts, I believe it's 17, he's in Athens. On Mars Hill, he preaches the, 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 a gospel message. Gave an invitation. Some mocked. I wonder why, you know, I, I don't no doubt why some of them mocked. You know why? Because he preached that Jesus resurrected from the dead. And I imagine those intelligent, so-called educated and philosophical Athenians and Greeks could not imagine someone resurrecting from the dead. Some mocked. Others said, we will hear thee again of this matter, howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed. So, and just a few apparently. But the idea, you see, the invitation either to follow the Lord or not, it's throughout the Bible. In the very last chapter, and I'll just read this portion of our Bible, Revelation 22, verse 16 says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Notice the choice. Either follow God 
or don't follow God and go another, go another way. And that's what that, that tree presents, presents a choice, either obey or, or, or disobey. If you, let's go to Genesis chapter 3 for just a couple of minutes. I want us to notice here, notice the matter of uh, Eve's temptation. And notice, notice what it involved. It says, now the serpent, and of course the serpent was certainly uh, uh, satanic and uh, certainly spoke the words of Satan. And, and, and it's hard to believe some people, you don't believe a serpent spoke, but we know that he was, he was so to speak, demon-possessed, or he was certainly satanic. And, and the Bible says there he was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made and said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Notice that. Notice Eve's temptation. Notice what it involved. First of all, it involved a questioning of God's word. You see that? See that last phrase? The serpent asked her, Hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Maybe you misunderstood. Maybe you didn't get the whole story. Is that what he really said? You know, people come to the Bible and question it. And question the context, maybe. Or question maybe what they understand or, or, or their application. Had God, did, did God really say this? You know, if um, it's in the word of God and that's, you know, we go by the word of God. We don't question it. We take, take God at, at his word and, and what he said. But here there was this question presented to Eve. In verses 2 and 3, notice this. The woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, I don't know if did you catch there what Eve did. What did she do to the word of God? Yeah. Added to the word of God. God didn't say about touching it. He said, You cannot eat it. So notice that. Eve, here we go. Eve again. Add, now, here there's an addition to the word of God. A person, in order to be saved, has to be saved, and some people think, and baptized. Well, boy, I'm for being baptized. I'm following the Lord as a testimony and as a step of obedience, but it's not a step of salvation. Amen. There's only one thing a person must do, and that's believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and trust him and call upon him as Savior. So you see that. She added to the word of God, and then... And then in verse 4, there was a denial of the word of God. The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Denying the word of God. It's exactly what God said. And you know, folks, it's, it's amazing. And I, I, I say this, when I pastored in New Jersey for many years, I also was a hospital chaplain. And at other times I was chaplain for hospice. I was a chap, right, that was right before we moved here. Chaplain with um, nursing home. For two years, I was a chaplain of a minor league professional baseball team. So I've done a lot, I've met a lot of unsaved people. I mentioned something interesting about the, the baseball team, the chaplain there. 
One of our players was from Australia, <clears throat> and he was over playing on, on the team. And um, this was uh, 1999, probably 2000, year 2000, I think. Maybe 99, I forget. But anyway, it was the, the year, of, probably 2000, year of the Olympics. And he came to our chapel. We'd have a chapel before, before a game once a week. Not on Sundays, I would do it either Saturday night, Friday night, Saturday night, or Monday night, before the game. And he said, listen, he, he left in, or before the season was there. He said, could I take, he, and he came to every chapel we had. He said, could I take this Bible that you've given me with me? He said, I've never seen a Bible my whole life. From Australia, you know, Australia is not a primitive country. It's not that the jungles are very, you know, very wonderful country, it seems to me. Anyway. But he had never seen a Bible. That was the first Bible he had ever, he had ever seen. Well, anyway, in dealing, as I mentioned, of being a chaplain, so I've dealt with a lot over the years. I've come in contact with a lot of unsaved people. I mean, a lot. And you know, generally speaking, those people think that everybody's going to heaven. That's the view of the unsaved. They, they have no, uh, just like the, the devil said here, the serpent said, you shall not surely die. You'll not go to hell. God's a God of love. And, and they, they, just more or less, everybody's, everybody's going to heaven. Well, that's, that's, see, that's what Eve faced. But notice what Eve's temptation resulted in. We see in verse 6. And over in the, and we won't turn there, the epistle of 1 John talks about sin involves three things. The lust of the, the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. Now notice that. You'll see that's exactly what happened to Eve. Look at verse 6. Lust of the flesh. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, the lust of the flesh involves a, a bodily desire that's not, that, that's used outside of God's will. And, that, and a lot of times we think of that with regard to moral, immoral situation, but it's, it can be any, here it's a fruit, it's a fruit on, on a tree. And, and the, that wasn't God's will, you can't eat of that. The Lord Jesus was tempted with regard to the lust of the flesh. Remember that? What was he to do? Turn these stones into bread. Fasted for 40 days, the lust of the flesh. So you see there, so here, the woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh. Pleasant to the eyes. Well, what was that? The lust of what? Lust of the eyes. Pleasant to the eyes. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. Pride of life. That's, it fits right in there. And, that, and, that's, and, and she took of the fruit thereof and did give it and, and did eat and gave it and gave it under, gave it under her husband. Well, they did everything but obey the word of God. They partook of this fruit that was not to be partaken of. And notice in verses 11 to 19, we'll look at that as we close. Notice the curse that resulted from the tree. In verse 11, uh, the servant said, who, who told thee uh, thou was naked? Well, we won't go there. But notice in verse, uh, the latter part of that verse, here's what I want to pick up. 
Hast thou, here's a question. The Lord said, hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee thou shouldest not eat? Now notice this. The man said, the woman, he, in other words, he's passed the, passed the buck. The woman which, and notice this, he doesn't accuse one, but two. The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. Notice he not only blamed Eve, but who else did he blame? God. This woman, if you hadn't given me this woman, it would have never happened. He blamed, so he, pa- he passed the buck. But notice what Eve does. She, she continued. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Wow, he didn't trick her at all. He, he, there's nothing trick her. He just, just he tempted her. He didn't beguile her. He didn't trick her. Notice, look at um, verse 14. The Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Under the, now notice this. Under the woman I will greatly multiply thy sorrow, and thy conception and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shalt bring forth unto thee, to thee and uh, thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread all, till thou return unto thy ground, for out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt, uh, unto dust shalt thou return. The, cur- the curse of the tree. But you know, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. There was a tree there, made, made from a tree, no doubt. And on that tree hung the Lord Jesus Christ, the last Adam. And he, through his death, made possible for the curse of eternal damnation to be removed from those who trust him and those who call upon him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word that we've had this evening. And Lord, we can learn the lessons from this tree. Uh, The lesson of the temptation of sin. Help us, Lord, to be faithful to you, to know you as Savior, to trust you, and to be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.